Matt, it's so good to see you today. Thank you so much for joining us in person. Um, just good to see you face to face. Mm -hmm. And um, Matt, the first time I met you, I don't know if I told you this before, but I, uh, when I first talked on, with you on the phone a long a couple years ago, I remember my first impression being like, this guy is talking about things I don't really know what he's talking about. <laughs> talking at like 30,000 feet, and I'm a very ground level person, and I was like, Am I, you know, you're talking about Jesus and discipleship and community and all these things, and I'm like, I just need this guy to join this team. I'm trying to do stuff with AI. Um, but over the years, I've gotten to know you better, and I've gotten to know the way you live and the way that you continue to share and talk and lead. And I'm just, um, I'm just moved that you're the real deal. Um, all this talk about Jesus and community and mm -hmm. discipleship that I heard early on in your passion over the phone, um, I'm seeing it in your life, mm -hmm. and I see it in your witness. Um, and I just uh, am so grateful for the ways that you continue to even challenge me to mm. think outside the box, my spiritual box. Like we were just talking on the phone recently, right? And you're saying, I see God in the upheaval. Mm. And even that phrase is like a reminder mm. of again, of how your voice reminds me that God is so much bigger than my spiritual box. So thank you so much for joining us today. And just, I'm excited to hear from what God is stirring in you as you think about Jesus and community and discipleship. Mm. Here, I Thanks Ruth. Yeah, thank you for those words. <laughs> Um, and it's a gift to be here. It's a gift to sit here with you. I think for me, um, yeah, sitting with you is powerful because, and even just being led by you is powerful because you have this way of balancing both preparation, this kind of preparation, attention to detail, strategy, uh, very thoughtful uh, planning alongside of balancing that with this flexibility and this spontaneity and uh, a willingness to uh, improvise, which is one of my <laughs> words, as you know, in this season, uh, improvisation is so important. Um, ultimately, all of that though, I think just bears witness to, you're one of the first, first people I think of when I think of people who are led by the spirit, mm. um, people who mm. uh, beforehand are led by the spirit in their preparation during even in moments like this, are led by the Spirit and listen to God's voice, mm. and then afterwards are led by the Spirit. Um, mm. So thanks for who you are. It's a gift to be here. Oh. I do love discipleship and following Jesus in community, so you know my heartbeat. <laughs> yes. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for those kind words, too. I feel like mm -hmm. whenever we meet each other, uh, we begin with mutual edification just naturally. <laughs> And it's just one of the gifts I felt I have not only felt un uncomfortable sometimes, I also felt really like it's a huge gift to feel our worth. Sure. And I feel like when I'm in your presence, I'm reminded of that. That's a spiritual practice to feel our worth mm. together in community. So thank you for always being um, a part of that practice. Um, this coming season is, well, this coming week is actually our last week of people being able to sign up for life groups. And the following week will be our first week of people beginning their life groups. Hmm. And so we're in this midst of the season and I just recognize that there are people who are new to our community, mm -hmm. new to our virtual community, if you will. And they may not know, but this past, uh, about a year ago, we started an intentional journey talking about discipleship at our church. Um, we were doing discipleship before, but just really talking and saying, how can we organize our ministry and our church life and living together in our community around discipleship? Yeah. And we started doing things like talking about it as leaders and what does that look like? We started talking about it as staff. We started changing structures around 
ever so slightly, right? Mm -hmm. We're saying Jesus mm -hmm. met together with the 12, but Jesus also met together with three, with Peter, James, and John. And that intimate relationship was really, um, that discipleship was really unique in that particular social context. So we started implementing microgroups. Mm -hmm. This idea of like being in a smaller settings and meeting regularly allows for deeper intimacy, but also allows for deeper discipleship too. Mm -hmm. So discipleship continues to be something we really want um, our groups and our community really embody this upcoming season. And so Matt, I was thinking about like, well, what, how can we guide, how can we talk together as a community about discipleship, reconnect with what we did last year mm -hmm. and what we've been doing for years and to really be connected to that deeply, even in this particular season of life group ministry. So Matt, when I was thinking about that, I was thinking about who else could I talk to? And I couldn't, you thought of you immediately. Mm -hmm. And I just want you to share a little bit about, you know, what kind of life group are you part of? And what is your role in the life group ministry? Sure, sure, yeah. Uh, I have a great life group. I love my life group so much. Uh, Allie, my spouse, and I have been a part of it for about five years, but the life group itself is seven, eight years old. So it's one of the older, more long-term life groups that has existed here. But we've have, we have a lot of folks who are newer as of this last season even. Um, and yeah, it's just been a gift to walk with these people, especially mm -hmm. for a long, the long haul. Yeah. Um, there's a culture of depth of relationship of, uh, honesty. And I think, I kind of think of what, what Peter preaches on with being fully known and fully loved. Mm -hmm. Um, we're still going through mm -hmm. what it means to uncover all of the layers of a person, <laughs> of mm -hmm. each person in our life group. And so it's been a gift to walk with our life group for this long season. Mm -hmm. And now they're very much like family. Um, we want our, we just had a daughter in June mm -hmm. and we want them, we want her to be very, uh, almost confused about who her family is. Mm -hmm. Like she, we want her to know Sure, I've got this biological family, but to know that her first family is actually her church family um, mm. because we're so close with our life group. Um, so there's, a, there's dynamics of fun in our life group too, though. It's not all like crazy deep. Uh, we do fun stuff in Chicago together and uh, hang out one-on-one -on -one and one-on-two and just a lot, of, a lot of different contexts. So it's been life together in a lot of ways. Um, and my role is just to, to help to lead I'm alongside of Mia and alongside of Lynn, and mm -hmm. they are wonderful leaders to be alongside of. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, um, I think I think yeah, discipleship is my heartbeat. It's mm -hmm. uh, I think my vocational calling, if I had to sum it up, is mm -hmm. is to uh, cultivate communities of discipleship. Mm -hmm. And so, for me in my own life, my own personal walk with Jesus, I believe that that's what He's called me to do to cultivate communities of discipleship. And so that's a way that I live out my voc vocational calling is to help lead in this microgroup. And I'm always open to whatever Jesus, wherever Jesus leads me to be able to do that. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit. Amen. Mm -hmm. Cultivating communities of discipleship. I love that. Mm -hmm. um, the life group ministry, our tagline is following Jesus together. And that tagline is something that we don't want to be just a tagline in our church, mm -hmm. right? But how mm -hmm. do we really embody that? How do we live into that as, as community, as people, as individuals? Mm -hmm. 
Um, and it's taken me back to Pastor Peter last year, last Easter, feels like a really long time ago. Um, talked, he said something about, he was talking about Easter weekend, um, about resurrection, and he said something about like, transformation is a communal experience. Mm. And that, that phrase has been sitting with me, um, especially through the life group ministry and experiences I've had. And I was curious, mm-hmm. what do you think about that phrase? And mm. what, and Matt, I know you've studied scripture, mm-hmm. really, and you love scripture. <laughs> but what does this, the study of scripture told you about discipleship and community? Mm. Yeah, I think the, the text that comes to my mind, Ruth, when you ask that question is Luke 24, uh, the road to Emmaus, where these two disciples uh, in a communal experience, they're walking along the road um, and they encounter this stranger uh, who turns out, spoiler alert, to be Jesus, uh, but they don't recognize him because it's after the resurrection and they're in the process of lament and grief Uh, It's after this crucifixion experience that Jesus has had and that the the disciples have witnessed um, and they they thought Jesus had died. Mm -hmm. He did die, Mm -hmm. right? And um, Mm -hmm. so they're walking along the road together, processing all these things. And the whole story is really a story of communal transformation. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a story of what happens when multiple people come together around resurrected Jesus you end up transformed by the end. Um, so with that, maybe maybe we could read it. Mm, yes. And then uh, and then maybe I'll say some things about it. Does that work? Sounds great. Let's do that. Um, so Luke twenty four. We're going to start in verse thirteen. It says that very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what is this conversation that you're holding with each other as you walk? Then one of them, uh, oh, and they stood still looking sad. Then one of them named Cleopas answered him, are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? And Jesus said to them, what things? They said to him, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he would be the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides this, it is now the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some women in our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning, and when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had even seen a vision of angels who had said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as as the women had said, but him, Jesus, they did not see. And he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So they drew near to the village to which they were going. He acted as if they were going farther, but they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us. 
for it is toward evening, and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at table with them, he took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose that same hour and returned back to Jerusalem. And they found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. Then they, the two, told what had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. What a story, right? Yeah. Um, Kind of long, but so many elements in that that I think are extremely important when we think about what it means to follow Jesus together, what, it, what, we, what we mean when we say, um, or what Peter might mean <laughs> when he says that transformation happens in community. Mm. Um, so, but I wanna, I wanna take kind of three dynamics um, that I see at work, kind of in the subtext of what's going on in this ex- encounter with Jesus that they don't realize was Jesus. Yeah. Um, And I want to draw out those ideas um, as kind of some principles of what it is to be in a life group, of what it is to follow Jesus together. Does that work? Oh, yeah. Cool. So um, the three aspects that I want to highlight here are that following Jesus means following him in life. Mm. It means following him in death. And it means following him in resurrection. Mm. And if we're talking then about following Jesus in community, what it is to to uh, follow Jesus in community is to together die, together to live life together, right? Mm. Um, So to live life together, to die together, and to rise together, to have all of those three dynamics at work as we follow Jesus. And it's in this story, um, we might not immediately see it, but I wanna highlight the ways that that happens. So can I flesh it out a little? please do. So, um, first, life together. Uh, There's a lot of ordinary things in this text. Mm -hmm. It's kind of surprising to me how ordinary and how tangible this text is. Um, It starts with them just walking down a road that they've probably been on many times, Mm -hmm. right? They're just walking down this road to Emmaus, just Mm -hmm. seven miles outside of Jerusalem. They probably made it many times in their life. They might have even lived in Emmaus. Mm -hmm. um, And after this crucifixion experience, we're going back to their home. but so they're just walking down this road together they uh they also there's eating together in this story there's talking together it's just kind of the normal stuff of life yeah um that permeates this encounter with resurrected jesus so it's very ordinary in some ways um and to me that's such good news Mm. because it means that jesus can permeate literally any part of our lives amen right like you're uh, driving to work where there's not many people right now, maybe. Um, and yet driving to work, Jesus is there, mm-hmm. resurrected in your midst. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're watching Netflix. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dare I say Netflix <laughs> could be an avenue where Jesus yeah. could show up. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, every mundane part of our lives, which many of us right now might have some strange, strange amounts of more time, right? No, we're not used to how much time we've had in the last six months to, to just have this life um, filling, filling our time. 
Um, and so life together, the idea that we live life together as disciples and share our stories together, walk together, eat together, that's good news. Jesus can show up in those yeah. spaces. Yeah. Um, in our life group, what that's meant is that Jesus shows up on group texts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that Jesus shows up when we decide to um, explore Chicago together, right? Yeah. Uh, Jesus shows up when we get to know each other's kids. Mm. Jesus shows up when we visit somebody at work to meet them on a lunch break. Mm. Um, all of those uh, ways of connecting can be following Jesus together in community. Mm, living life together. Yeah, life together. Yeah. Um, the second part is death together. Mm. And I think this one's a little heavier, especially in this season. Um, God, especially this week, has been kind of weighing this on me, uh, the reality of our current experience of, um, and when I say death, I don't necessarily mean literal death, um, there's many different, var there's varied forms of death that I think we can experience um, when we follow Jesus in death together. Um, but here in this text with these disciples, mm -hmm. they're coming off of the crucifixion, right? They've just lost the man that they've followed for probably the last two to three years, yeah. maybe even left everything to follow him. Yeah. And to lose him, I mean, even they say, it says that their faces were sad, um, even though they're encountering Jesus, which is interesting that Jesus can show up even in your sadness. Mm. Um, Amen. Yeah. But um, it also says that um, Jesus, Jesus shows up, or that, that, that death together could look like maybe their confusion. They don't know what the events of, of this uh, season of kind of, him being handed over to the authorities and then crucified and all of that, right? They don't know what all that means. And so confusion might be death together. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Even the, the uh, identity crisis now of what do we do? Do we go back to Emmaus, this home maybe mm -hmm. for us? Mm -hmm. um, wh wh who are we now? Mm -hmm. That wrestling that happens, the lament and the mourning that happens mm -hmm. in the, the lives and the hearts of these disciples is part of what it means to follow Jesus. It's part of what it means to, to experience transformation together. Mm. Um, and so I would say ultimately it just kind of feels like a mess sometimes when we're going through death together. Um, and I mean, if we look at society right now, we, and even our own personal lives, it can really feel messy. Mm -hmm. um, as we see in this text though, we have a Jesus, a God, who enters into that mess first in his own crucifixion, right? He embraces death, actual, literal death, but then he also, uh, in this text, he goes into the midst of their experience of death, mm -hmm. right? And so we're called to do the same thing in life groups. We're called to do the same thing in our community together at Newcom. Um, I would say to be human is, or part of what it is to be human is to know death. Um, and yet mm -hmm. Jesus, enters into that whole experience of death together. Um, what that can look like in life groups though, um, and for us in our life group, it's looked like um, mourning with uh, life group members whose family members have died, going to their funerals yeah. with them, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's looked like go walking through extremely dark times. I, I can't even say how dark some of those times have mm -hmm. been and crying with those members, maybe even being numb with those members. It's the loss, walking through the loss of the people's livelihood mm. together. Mm. Um, the loss of 
people's vocational identity. Yeah. Um, all of those experiences of death, uh, we come together and share those things so that we know the truth then that we're not alone even in death mm -hmm. because Christ was with us taking on death on the cross, but also now we see it in one another. Mm -hmm. We're with one another in death. So in a time like this, it's especially powerful. Mm -hmm. um, and I would just say, maybe I even do need to say this, that we're not meant to go through death alone. Mm -hmm. We're not meant to go through death alone. We're not meant to go through trauma alone. Mm -hmm. We're not meant to go through uh, dark spaces alone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We're not meant to go through injustice alone. We're not meant to cry alone. Um, we're not meant to go through pandemic alone. Yeah. yeah. We're meant to go through that with one another, and that's what actually brings healing and transformation. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that, I don't know if there's anything, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a heavy reality. I don't mean to kind of bring it so, I'm usually a very lighthearted person, <laughs> as you know, but I think it's real what we're all going yeah, through right now. So death together is a really important uh, element of all this. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that point. That is such an important point. I mm -hmm. mean, even as you're reading the scriptures, that part where Jesus is talking to the disciples saying, and then the Son of Man, the Jesus had to, or I think the Son of Man had to suffer. Mm -hmm. and it was necessary for the Son of Man to suffer. Mm -hmm. And that line stood out to me like, oh, yeah. every part of me cringes. Like, no, I don't want to submit to suffering. I don't want to submit to death. But even Jesus modeled that, submitting to death. Mm -hmm. Matt, as you were sharing about um, death and different forms of death, um, I was thinking of the different forms of loss and disappointment as a form of death, too. Mm -hmm. And one of the deaths I experienced was not only feeling a sense of sadness, but feeling a sense of betrayal from God. Mm -hmm. uh, I know years ago, it just kind of brought up that experience. Like, I felt like the God that I knew and I loved. And I've loved God for many, many years, and since my intentional decision to walk with Jesus. Um, and remember that particular season, just feeling like the God that I knew mm. was no longer, I just felt like I didn't know him anymore. Mm. Um, and that felt so lonely. So mm. you're talking about loneliness and so painful and so dark because there are a lot of um, personal experience that come, and come up up to that point and that feeling of betrayal. And I use the word deconstruction, um, going through deconstruction and mm. feeling like, yeah, just totally a sense of loss, mm -hmm. um, but also experiencing healing in community. And so I actually experienced that in this church um, mm -hmm. in that season and just thankful that community for me honestly didn't look like super magical experiences, but also it really looked like sticking with it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> sticking with the people that were in my life. I'm sticking with those relationships and allowing God to work unexpectedly wow. in those relationships. Um, so thank you for sharing about death together. That's it's a hard point. Mm. It's a really critical. Well, what are you, what you're saying about kind of Jesus working unexpectedly? I think kind of transitions to that to the third point, resurrection together, mm. really well. Mm. Because I think often when we think about what what it means to follow Jesus in resurrection, we think of kind of a all out total praise. I'm so happy and <laughs> yeah. euphoria. Yes. Um, and this story doesn't really mm. give that that picture yes. of resurrection. It's a different, kind of peculiar, unexpected picture of what resurrected life with Jesus looks like. Um, so for me, as I think about this, I'm, I, I think 
what stands out in their experience of Jesus' resurrection here is, is it's retrospective. They don't, their, their vision of resurrected Jesus walking with them, it's not until late in the game. Yes. It's not until they walked with him seven miles yes. and then stayed with, had him stay with them and eaten with him yes. that all of a sudden their eyes are opened. Yes. Um, and then they say, when he disappears immediately, uh, they say, did not our hearts burn within us, right, on yes. the road? That idea, I think, is pretty unexpected. Um, it's pretty surprising that uh, Jesus would just be so fleeting, that resurrected Jesus wouldn't be this mountaintop high, mm. um, but would actually be present in kind of the even confusion a bit of like, mm. whoa, Jesus just disappeared. It was so good to have him. Wasn't it so great to have him the whole road? And when he was explaining the scriptures, man, he was there all along. Mm. And I think for me, a, a practical way that we've experienced that in our life group, mm. that Allie and I have experienced that in this season, was going into this pandemic. Allie was pregnant. Mm. And we had so many questions. We didn't even know if I was going to be pre present, be able mm. to be present at the birth wow. was part of it. Um, wow. We didn't know who was going to be able to support us. Uh, a lot of fears. We're first-time parents, right? So there's just a lot of questions as it is. Right. But to do that in a pandemic brought a different level of kind of, dang, like what's this going to look like? Um, and so we were definitely scared and worried. Um, and in that state of experiencing some forms of death, uh, and it has been so funny because up until this week, Ruth, when we started thinking about and talking about what Jesus was going to say in this time, um, while we talk, mm. um, this is the first time I've actually really stepped back and been like, whoa, Jesus was here the whole time. Resurrected Jesus was walking with me and Allie the mm. whole time before the birth, during the birth, after mm. the birth. Resurrected Jesus was present. And one of the main ways he's been present is through the unexpected provision of so many people in this congregation. People we don't even know sometimes. <laughs> They'll text mm. us and be like, hey, I heard you need food, or I heard mm. you're on the meal train, or I heard mm. you need some baby clothes, or you need a bath, or not that I need a bath, <laughs> that your baby needs a bath and needs a bath to be in. <laughs> but um, people have showed up, right? So, um, and that has been, it's been this week, Ruth, mm. that my eyes have been opened, that I've recognized resurrected Jesus has been in my midst through this community, Amen. right? And these scriptures have been opened and my heart even burns within me now, right? Yeah. Looking back and saying, dang, Jesus has been present this whole time. Um, does that make sense? It does. Yeah. I just love that. I, I resonate with that so deeply, Matt. There are times I don't see God. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not till after the fact where I'm like, Wow, God was really present. When in my reflection, mm. in my sitting down, in my st slow down, and in my stillness, I'm like, wow, God, I remember my life, I remember my day, and you were with me. Mm -hmm. Thank you, God, for being with me. Um, I'll confess, though, mm -hmm. I've been sitting with this scripture since we kind of shared it together, mm -hmm. and I confess that I wanted you to share the scripture and to kind of like the American in me was like, I want you to share it so we can do the shortcut. Yep. We can gain the revelation, the insight from mm -hmm. this passage. We can learn from the um, two men on the road to Emmaus, right? We can learn and we can start from Emmaus and go mm -hmm. back to Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's mm -hmm. my confession. I wanted mm -hmm. to skip all the hard stuff. 
Yeah. I wanted to skip the seven miles. I, want our, I wanted our church to go skip all the difficult stuff. Skip, I want to skip the pandemic. Mm -hmm. I want to skip the awkward conversations. Mm -hmm. I want to skip all the difficulty. I want to skip the fog that so many of us are experiencing. And I want to start with Emmaus. But I, as I was sitting with scriptures, just feeling like God is saying, nope, we want to, I want, I, we started in, we want to start in Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. And that Jesus, and the reassuring thing is that Jesus starts with us in Jerusalem too. Mm -hmm. And that in this life group season, in this coming season, as we continue to live in community together, not only in our life groups, right? That's one major form, micro groups too, mm -hmm. but also micro communities, our families mm -hmm. and you, at this church, right? Our friendships here. Our, our leadership circles, our leadership teams, our team ministry team, all different types of micro communities. But we start together in Jerusalem because Jesus starts with us there. Mm. And that Jesus, if Jesus is the one who starts in Jerusalem and brings us to Emmaus, like there is just a gift there to travel together with Jesus. The Jesus who will lead us through the unmagical, uneventful um, moments mm. to the place of knowing like, at the very, at the Emmaus, their eyes, their eyes were like unveiled mm. and they saw Jesus for who he was and who he was through the whole process. Mm -hmm. So I just feel through, like I hear what you're saying and I feel that there's this, this invitation to resurrection mm -hmm. is an invitation to the process. Mm. That mm -hmm. this upcoming year may be, like I said, uneventful, unmagical, unimpressive. Like, mm. I mean, how many people are excited to go on Zoom these days? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could like, right? It's just, I feel like these days a challenge for me has been, um, <laughs> it's like advertising the restaurant where the meal is really great after you digest it. <laughs> Right? This is like the message of Road to Emmaus. Like, mm. it's going to be awesome after it's all done. Like, you may, yeah. this whole season may not feel amazing. Mm. But my prayer for us is that we will say together with those two men, did not our hearts burn mm. as we were with this man, as we were with Jesus? Did mm. our hearts not burn together mm -hmm. when we are doing life together as a community? Did mm. our not, hearts not burn when we went from during, during pregnancy birth throughout yes. it's kind of what you said before mm. and i'm just encouraged by the jesus that not only starts with us mm -hmm. in jerusalem through our sadness through our confusion through our foolishness he also mentioned foolishness yeah, right yeah yeah but that jesus ended that road greeting them not with arms crossed mm. but arms open and breaking bread mm. and eating a meal together Mm -hmm. um, and it is not just the God who transforms the people, but God transforms that road Whoa. and the, transform the whole process. Because I, I just find it so interesting that Jesus like unveiled their eyes and was like, see, it's me. And then he disappears. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the second loss, like, but they didn't experience that loss the same way. The road to Emmaus on the road back from Emmaus immediately within the same hour, they went back to Jerusalem, that very same road. God transforms, I think, mm. because on the way they're there in confusion and heaviness and mm -hmm. feeling like God is, I, their experience of God is so different, mm -hmm. but their new revelation insight and walking with God, grappling with God, not mm -hmm. about God, mm -hmm. not about Jesus, but mm. with literally yes. Jesus and be able to return and experience the joy of saying, this is not just the road of lament, mm -hmm. but this is now our road of liberation. Wow. Let's share this good news. Let's mm. tell, we just, I cannot even wait for the hour to pass for us to get back 
on the road to tell the good news. That is powerful. That is. Preach. Yeah. That the whole process, right, is, is transformed. Um, I love that. I'm sorry, Ruth. I'm just like, I love that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. Well, Matt, I could talk here forever with you. I just love and enjoy talking about these things. Um, but as we, as we kind of think about this upcoming season, I want you to tell us in your own words, if you had to put in your own words about two minutes of a soundbite, if you will, mm. of um, your encouragement for our church and our congregation mm -hmm. as we head into a new season of living life together, what would that soundbite be? Mm. Um, I think it would be an encouragement uh, that choosing, that if you're choosing to be a part of a life group during this season, um, that is such a healthy choice. It's a choice that's saying, I'm going to move away from the ever-present isolation, uh, the pervading mm -hmm. loneliness. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to move out of that dark space toward not not just like a good experience that i get to have because community is going to be so awesome but towards bearing the dark spaces with other people who are in that dark space too and with the faith that jesus will be present to us in the midst of that darkness right i don't want to just jump to that resurrection right away and and even when we say that resurrection i think we have a new way of viewing it now thanks to yeah. Emmaus and thanks to Jesus showing up in a way that we don't really expect, in a way that doesn't look so euphoric again, not so happy or uh, elated. Mm. Um, so if you're choosing to go into a life group, um, what mm. I think you're saying is, I'm open to life together. I'm open to death together. Yeah. And I'm open to this new kind of peculiar version of resurrection together seeing Jesus, encountering him in the breaking of the bread and looking back and being like, wow, my heart, yes. it burns because yes. he was faithful to be with me the whole way. Yes. Um, so I would just encourage you that it's a healthy decision um, that um, it might not look easy during this time. Uh, it might not exactly look like, resurrection might not look exactly like what you think it's gonna look like because in this case with these mm -hmm. disciples, it didn't look like what they thought it would look like. Mm. Um, so redefining some of those expectations might be important, mm. um, but recognizing that God will be faithful to show up. Resurrected okay. Jesus is there, is always going to be there, um, and he'll transform the whole process. I <laughs> so, I um, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Matt, community is messy, isn't it? Mm. It is so healthy to choose that and to move from our, from our ugliness to a different place. Mm -hmm. But the, in community, we experience ugliness too, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And part of community, I think, is that we were able to start together and say, well, I'm not here just for myself, mm -hmm. but we're here for one another, all of it, right? Mm -hmm. Me and everybody else. And so that decision is a messy choice because we're not always good at choosing other people mm -hmm. into um, all the things, right? And also, it's a risk to choose community. Mm -hmm. And so there's a cost to that. But even the risk and the cost, healing is available. Resurrection is available to mm -hmm. us. Mm -hmm. And that is, the, that is worth 
that is worth the risk, isn't it? Yes, yes. Um, and I'm just so encouraged that more than anything, more than what we all, I mean, we have an incredible group of leaders that are going to be leading our group. We do. But my assurance and my confidence is not in the leaders, is mm. not in myself, it's not in the staff, it's not in new community, mm -hmm. but it's a God that is with us. Amen. And the God that reassures us that God is the one who initiated walking with these two brothers. Come on. Right? God initiated the road to Emmaus. Like yeah. if it was not for Jesus walking with them, there wouldn't be the story in this Bible. But Jesus initiates the conversation. Yeah. And Jesus walks and Jesus will walk with us. I feel like in the season, people keep saying things like unprecedented times and mm. this we've never gone through anything before. Mm. And that is true. Mm -hmm. And I think as believers, I think the messaging we should also be saying is, there are things that are unfamiliar, but there are things that are very familiar. Yes. There are things about this season that are familiar and, and know that grief and loss and these things of death are not new to the faith, are mm. not new to people. These th feelings of disorientation are not new. And God is still the same. Yeah. And God is still good. That's been a spiritual practice for me recently as I've been just kind of like, oh, this is hard. It feels like, I don't even know. I feel disoriented. I feel like a loss of control. And God keeps telling me, you've been here before. You've seen me work before. Mm. You've been through this difficulty. You've seen my faithfulness before. Mm. And so Matt, as we close out, I just want to share a video with us mm -hmm. of a couple, um, a handful of folks in our community sharing about the way they have seen God at work in community and the ways they share and they tell about God's faithfulness in their lives as they have said yes, the small yeses. Mm -hmm. And I believe, and I pray that this video would encourage us, but also remind us of God's faithfulness, not just yesterday, but today and tomorrow and the months and days to come. Um, amen? Amen. new community. Um, I just want to reflect on the arts group that I've been leading, co-leading this uh, season. Um, it's pretty amazing to me to actually think about that it's been nine months since we started because it really doesn't feel like it's been that long. Um, in the past I've led groups out of like because I like people or because you know it's something that I'm good at but this group was very much not that. It was um, it was God coming to me over a long period of time saying, this is something that you need to do. You need to create a space at New Community for artists who are struggling like you to know what it means to be a believer and a creator at the same time. Um, honestly, um, I don't even know. I forget what the prompt, prompts were for these videos, but um, I'm just gonna testify to who God is. Um, yeah, he is good um, and he changes us. He um, just takes us from glory to glory. And honestly, I've never led a group before, um, but I think like the past, like, I don't know, since like August or so, um, I just find that like my heart has expanded um, to love people um, in a greater capacity. And I think that's what serving does. 
Since the beginning of the year, I've been doing discipleship with two other women at Newcom, and it started with us meeting for coffee and going over questions we had from the sermon, and then it grew into this scripture study where we were asking, who is Jesus? Since the beginning of the year, I have been reading through the Gospel of Mark with two other women at Newcom, and this is actually the first time I've, um, I'm ever reading through any part of the Bible um, and it's a really special time for me because I am on a journey of really knowing who who Jesus is and building a relationship with him and um, and I have a lot of questions and the parables are a lot <laughs> and it's really helpful to have these other two women um, there to guide me, but also to affirm me in some of my confusion at times that, yeah, sometimes these parables are a little wacky and we don't know what it means. Um, and it takes a little time to figure out and digest what, what the message is there. Honestly, I don't think I realized how much my was going to impact especially in this current season. Um, I kind of signed up my group as a natural progression, getting more involved at church. Um, but it was such a revealing and challenging experience from the very first meeting. Um, because of culture of vulnerability, culture of openness that our microgroup and the members of my just established from the very start. Um, for me, I would describe it as a family and a safe place. Um, and it's actually quite interesting that I would say or think of the word family right away because I am rather new to this community. However, I can confidently say that I have been experiencing that. That word family has been a huge trigger for me because of past experiences with uh, my community before Newcom, um, or communities before Newcom. And I think that word family has been rather abused um, in my life, in my personal experiences. And so for me, I've been rather turned off by that word. My upbringing in church was the complete opposite. Um, you know, where Sunday best was beyond just the closing. It was the image and the perception that you gave and projected and presented to other people where you could show vulnerability, you could show uh, weakness or struggle, but it had to be palatable, it had to be digestible. But being in this microgroup has really challenged me to say, no, in order for us to journey together, mission-minded together, we need to be vulnerable, we need to know each other's weaknesses not have that presented when it's prepackaged at the end, but journey along the way and know that we're not going to be ashamed, we're not going to be scorned or judged because we're all sinners that sin in different ways. We're all struggling in different ways. We're just here as a support group and the love of God to help each other be more mission-minded together in a heart of trust and love. One of the ways this group has helped me to grow spiritually in this season has been by challenging me to engage with the brokenness of our criminal justice system. 
Hi, I am Liz Barrett, and I was part of the White Learners Group uh, during this last session of small groups. So you are probably looking at me and saying, is she white? Um, and the answer is yes and no. I am biracial, I'm half black and I'm half white. Um, so I wasn't sure if I belonged in this group. Uh, in fact, my husband and I joined, I think two weeks late because I was really hesitant to take this step and do this. Um, but here's what I knew about myself. Um, because I am seen as a racially ambiguous person, um, my experiences have differed vastly from somebody who you can look at and say, you're Black, you're Asian, you're Latina. When I have had environments where I felt safe and accepted, um, it was fine to be Black. Um, but as soon as it felt unsafe, I have always had the privilege to blend in, to walk away from feeling the weight of my race. And white people, I need you to hear this. Um, growing up in the white evangelical world, environments of feeling welcome and accepted for being black are really few and far between. So due to our life group's desire to educate ourselves further, um, as the leadership circle, we decided to show Oprah's interview with the exonerated men, once known as the Central Park Five, who were five Black and Latino teenagers from Harlem wrongly convicted of raping a white woman in 1989. And I'm embarrassed to say that before the Love Thy Neighbor initiative, I knew very little to nothing when it came to racial inequity in the criminal justice system because I was never exposed to these issues growing up in predominantly white elite spaces and also in the Korean and Asian churches. And Pastor Peter actually had preached on lament as a pathway to hope earlier that day. And as we prayed um, as, as a life group, I, I felt that deep pain and sorrow. Um, and it, when it was my turn to pray, I, I cried what I call prophetic tears, um, which go beyond my own personal emotions and I believe really convey the deep ache in God's heart over the brokenness of our world. Um, and in that moment, all I could ask for was uh, for Jesus to come back, uh, to reinstate his, his perfect shalom and yeah, just aching and longing for, uh, for him to, to make things right again right? Um, all is not well, and things are not as God intended them to be. It was so healing to sit in a group of white Christians and to hear them say, racism exists, and I've been a part of it. It's wrong, and it's unjust, and I'm sorry, and I won't be blind to it anymore, and I won't be silent about it anymore. And uh, I didn't realize how badly I needed to hear that, but I needed to hear that so badly. Um, our church needs that to have authentic community. Our church needs to say that to each other and to say that collectively to the world. It's a lot uh, and it's just the beginning. Um, 
but I'm, I am so, so thankful to have my life group to walk with. Hey, do you remember six weeks ago? Look at how much you've grown since then. Or remember that loss you experienced five months ago? We're still here. We're still with you. There's no timeline. There's no rush. We are with you. And we get to see each other's lives shifting, see each other's spirits shifting, and we don't have to do it alone. And yeah, and I've seen like amazing things happen with this group. Like just, we were talking last night on our Zoom call, like there is no reason that any of us would have ever been picked out of a group of 200 people to be in a group together. Like we are the most obscure and random group of people. We have almost nothing in common except that we have this like beautiful, different maybe way of engaging with the world because of how God made us. It's been a really special place for, for yeah, learning about Jesus, but also building a relationship with these two other women and doing life with them is really, really special. Um, and they're relationships that I don't, you know, have anywhere else. So I'm, I'm really, grateful for the time that we get to spend together each week living and learning together. I've also felt so much freedom to really be myself and step into who God has called me to be. Um, there are certain things that he's spoken over my life and set me free from, yet I felt almost paralyzed to truly walk that out. And um, as I've just been doing life with my life group and micro group. Um, yeah, I have been, I felt so liberated and um, so set free. It's been a lifeline. It's been a lifeline for who I am as a creative person. It's been a lifeline for my professional pursuits that were like dwindling. And it's been a lifeline for my spirit to be with people that I just feel so, um, just that are just so beautiful. So discipleship has made me accountable and discipleship has also increased my curiosity and expectation. There's a sense of eagerness about what is God doing in that person's life? I want to see it up close. I want to see how he's working in my friends. And I'm curious about what he will do during our times together. And there's a sense of togetherness because discipleship helps you know others and be known. I, I think another just testament to his goodness is just our church and the leadership and just being surrounded by other leaders who just have a relationship with the Spirit and are led by the Spirit. And yeah, I, I would have never experienced any of this if it were not for the Holy Spirit and the fact that God has used Newcom in my life group to push me outside of my own comfort zone. This is because I personally have felt so loved through this community. You can't not be changed, um, and so I'm I'm thankful, and I'm thankful for Newcom as well. I just wanted to say thank you, Newcom, and uh, I thoroughly look forward to um, doing life with this community and calling it home and making root here. Mm -hmm.